This is Paul Schneiderman today in the 32nd edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. I have two very special guests today. We're going to focus heavily on local arena and stadium issues. There was a big development this week after about 15 years of discussion. On September 24th of 2018, an 8-0 Seattle City Council vote, the City Council approved a key arena model plan. First guest today is Brian Robinson. Brian's a Seattle businessman, the co-founder of, of Save Our Sonics, and the founder of Arena Solution. Brian's real estate company is Market Street Ig. Brian has been involved in working on arena issues in Seattle since about 2006. I will reveal that I'm a former legal counsel of Save Our Sonics. I work with Brian and Arena Solution, and Brian is also a former client. Just get that out. Um, but I'm still going to ask you very tough questions today, Brian. You've got you to believe it. Uh, my second guest today is Seattle political consultant Dean Nielsen. Dean's another old friend. Dean has worked on local, national, international strategic and political issues. Dean's company is CN4 Partners. Dean has a lot of insights and in all the inside baseball of Seattle and Washington State politics. And these two gentlemen have some overlapping knowledge on the arena stadium issues. I'm very privileged to have production engineer Daniel Bell today. I also want to mention some other Rainier Avenue radio sports shows. We have sports director Rick Dupree has a great show, one-on-one with Dupe, Granville Emerson and Ronald Laurent, also known as Pepe, our co-host of Lidline Sports. Mazvita Mavari has a good show, CL Sports Weekly. And Mark Bryan has a fitness-based show, Fitness Corner. Hopefully I didn't miss anybody. All good shows. A lot of, a lot of good stuff going on here at Rainier Avenue Radio. So we're going to not get everything with you guys. We're going to have a good little kitchen table conversation, arena and stadium issues, maybe get into a few other things. But Brian and Dean, thanks for coming on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Thanks for having us, Paul. Absolutely. Well, we're not going to talk too much about national politics, but I got Dean Nielsen on. I mean, a well-known political consultant. And Brian, I want you to pioneer, too. Just a couple quick political questions. I mean, I had Slay Gordon on last year. Of course, I had Slay about some questions beyond sports. But, Dean, real quickly, uh, Kavanaugh nomination, what do you think? Do you think, you think he's going to get through? Um, I think, you know, if, if the vote was today, I think it, it would get through. Um, I think that the longer this goes on, the more unfavorable it is for him. What do you think, Brian? Do you think Kavanaugh's going to get through? Boy, I don't know. I think uh, we, we're kind of seeing frat boy politics, frat boy lifestyle on trial here. And, uh, I think that, that momentum seems to be building against his early drinking days, and uh, it might cost him Supreme Court nomination. But but I really don't have a crystal ball on that one. 51 Republicans, and Pence has a tie-breaking vote. It's a 50-50 vote. Real quickly, guys, what do you think? Democrats can control the House and Senate? Fire away, Dean and Brian. Uh, House, for sure. Uh, Senate is a tougher road to, to hoe. Um, the you know the democratic the democrats are in very precarious positions with seats up in places like west virginia um you know the dakota seat the montana seat missouri etc so um you know you have to hold all you got and then you have to pick up and the pickup opportunities the best one is nevada and then after that you know it 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 dwindles i mean you know you're talking about winning seats in places like arizona texas states that went for donald trump so um senate senate's a hard map Dean's an inside baseball politics for sure. Brian, any quick thoughts on Democrats getting the House and Senate back? Any? Uh, you know, I, I think that it's hard to read polling nowadays. It's hard to know where things are going to go. But uh, there is a, a long precedent now of, of the House that's in the, the party that's in power seeing pushback in the midterms, and, and we're likely to see that with at least one of the two houses shifting. 
Well, fun to hear guys' perspectives. All right, we're going to move them a little more into, into the whole Key Arena issue. Maybe hit on Safeco a little bit, CenturyLink fields. But, okay, Key Arena history. Back in 62, was the Seattle Coliseum was built for the World's Fair. And back in about 94, Key Arena was remodeled based on an earned income funding system of the building. I think it was over $74 million was chipped in by the city, I believe. The Supersonics chipped in about $21 million. A lot of people feel, Brian and Dean, that that Key Arena remodel back in the 90s was not a sufficient remodel, and it's, it was short-sighted. And it's a reason why it's taken so long to get this arena issue in Seattle straightened out. Dean, you go first, then Brian. Was that just a short-sighted remodel back in the 90s of Key Arena? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately if the city council had chosen to take the Ackerleys up on their offer on the Royal Brougham site, you know, that that, you know, we would be in a very different position today. Um, you know, the, the city, you know, like like now had Albatross on their hands with Key Arena, uh, you know, wasn't even known as Key Arena then. But, um, you know, and, and they really wanted to keep it at that location. Um, basically because if you, you know, the problem is, is the same as the problem you have now. If you build another stadium, what are you going to do with, with the Seattle center site? Brian, you need to add more on that original remodel? Well, I, is I, that I, one? Yeah, the dollars uh, really demonstrated it. You're testing my memory a little bit here. But if I recall, it, there were four arenas uh, built within a, f- a couple-year period of that key arena remodel. And they went from $155 million to $225 million. Again, just going off memory, Dallas being one that stands out. And, and it was real simple that we, at a time when arenas were running 150 to $250 million, we spent $70 million. And we kind of got what we paid for. And square footage-wise, it was never really sufficient. Uh, and, and I think clearly the outcomes speak volume. It was an insufficient building. Well, those observations are common sentiments that people have in this community. This is Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with Save Our Sonics co-founder Brian Robinson and local and national political consultant Dean Nielsen, all about arena issues today. All right, so back in about 2003, got a little history. We're going to go on to contemporary stuff, a little history. Back in 2003, the then Sonics owner, Howard Schultz, started complaining about Kiarium. And Howard went to the Washington State Legislature, and I believe the 2005 and 2006 sessions, requesting some form of public funding for Kiarium remodel. He didn't go anywhere. Dean, you've shared with me off the air that you felt that Howard Schultz's legislative effort was not very good. Tell, give us your perspective on that. I'll Brian to my, add. My, my, my exact quote was "political malpractice," which Mr. Schneiderman later appropriated in the the famous movie. Okay, uh, now, but now, uh, now you're leaning on me hard. Uh, yeah. Okay, but um, I but, feel like I'm getting a trademark in front of Anyways, but but so. no, but and, but the point is, is that you know that effort. It wasn't really an effort, you know. Did he, you know, at the Sonics games, which I went to, you know, did he, you know, put legislators' phone numbers up and tell, you know, have a callathon at halftime? Did he engage the season ticket holders to contact their legislators? No, there was none of that effort being done. And so when he abruptly got angry and sold the team, um, there was a lot of us that were like, well, I thought he was just getting started, and this was the um, that was his opening offer, and you know, and and. You know, ultimately, when these you know stadium deals, the first offer, just like real estate deals, Brian is is rarely the one that gets accepted. So, you know, your opening gambit is not the um, 
you know, is not the end-all, be-all. And there needs to be some back and forth with the legislature or whoever the decision-maker is, if it's a city council, the, the King County Council. You just can't go in and say, this is what I want, give it to me. So your expert professional political consultant opinion, Dean, is that Howard Schultz's effort in that era was just subpar. That's my opinion. Brian, anything to add on, on Howard's there were back there? there were four professional lobbyists on the ownership team of 58 owners and they were specifically barred from providing input to Howard on, on his performance. Uh, it, it was a terrible performance all the way around. Schultz uh, did a poor job. The, the state did a poor job. Uh, Frank Chop is still probably the guy who deserves as much or more blame than anybody for the team's departure. Uh, and the league did a poor job. So I always look back at the events of, that led to this, Paul, and say nobody should be proud of our performance. Everybody dropped the ball, and it was a, a magnificent coming together of poor performances. Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with local political consultant Dean Nielsen and Brian Robinson, co-founder of Saber Sonics, a local businessman. Two fun guys. You guys never bore me. and that's, that's becoming further apparent today as two guests on my show. So real quickly, guys, I'm not going to get into the whole history, but back in 2008, of course, the city of Seattle, led by Mayor Nichols, accepted a, a buyout deal to let the Sonics go and release them from the key arena lease that which was set through 2010 real quickly we can go on for hours on this but dean did the city make the right decision in 2008 letting the science go brian give a quick yes or no answer that question no no okay what do you think brian Uh, again outcomes no they didn't no okay look look at how much work and expense it has taken to try to bring the team back and it's just crazy even to consider a, a very small and simple example the city had to put in you know, 25 to $50 million to try to make a deal work at that time. And they've now gone something like eight years collecting zero naming rights from Key Arena on a civic building. You take that one example, Kevin Durant this year, this year alone donated $15 million to the Oakland School District for kids in need. And that would have been Seattle's money if, if we had had a team here. So it's it's very clear again. Well, Kevin Durant's a mensch of a guy, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. Um, I want to talk about Chris Hansen a little bit. And Chris emerged in 2011 as a prospective owner of an NBA team. And Chris, Chris's effort has been to build an arena in the Soto community. Steve Ballmer left the, the group back in about 2013 after the, the Sacramento Kings deal fell through. And I want to ask you guys a couple things about, about this. First of all, do you, do you go first then, Brian? Is the Chris Hansen Soto plan on life support or is it just dead now? I mean, I, I think he has... You know, his window of opportunity is is rapidly closing if it hasn't already slammed shut. What do you think, Brian? It reminds me of a quote that Clay Bennett's uh, chief of staff, Brent Gooden, told me when they pulled their offer off the table. And it's funny that I find myself in that same position. And he said, uh, the door has closed and it's up to you to figure out how to open it again. And I think that's where they are. I think this iteration is dead. But these are smart business people who want it really badly and own a piece of land, and, and it's up to them to find a way to open it again. Um, it, it, I'm not sure how. If I knew how, I would advise them. This is a question for Brian, but I definitely want Dean to add in a little contribution to this question. Brian, you got to know Chris Hansen pretty well, and you were supportive of – I don't want to put words in your mouth. Let me know if I'm if – I'm, mischaracterizing sure. anything. You were supportive of the Soto plan, but then when the Key Arena plan emerged further, and when Chris Hansen's street vacation 
did not go through the city council in 2016, you, you basically became pretty supportive of the OVG's key arena plan. Tell us about that. Was part of it because the OVG people impressed you so much, or was part of it also because you weren't sure Hanson get the deal through? I think uh, all of the above. You know, you were a part of Arena Solution, Paul, when we had for years Bellevue and Seattle competing for arena plans and undercutting each other. And we made a decision as an organization, Arena Solution, that we were going to focus on the end goal of getting an arena built right. um, and disregard the, the individuals. And so uh, it was a matter of viability to me when I saw what both people were planning and what both people were achieving in their outcome. Uh, it became really clear to me that uh, this project is so big and it's so hard and, and people always underestimate the sheer difficulty of it. And... Uh, if great intentions were going to get it done, then I'd have built the arena. It takes more than great intentions. It takes a staff. It takes a plan. It takes a team. It takes support of the NBA. And uh, I, I never stopped supporting Chris. I think he's a wonderful human being who really uh, has all the right intentions. Uh, but at the end of the day, I thought that I owed it to the constituency I represented to pursue the best opportunity to bring the Sonics back. And if you lay everything side by side, it was very, very clear to me that the expertise of Tim Laiwiki and the Oakview Group, who, who are amongst the most powerful people in sports, uh, were the guys who had the best chance of delivering. I can't believe we're already halfway done with the show. It just Time flies when you're, when you're having fun. Paul Schneider on sports and stuff with two terrific guests, political consultant Dean Nielsen and Brian Robinson on the 32nd edition of Sports and Stuff. Uh, Dean, chime in here a little bit. But Brian basically stated that he became pretty impressed with the OVG group. Are, are, is the OVG effort more impressive to you than Hanson's Soto effort? I mean, you know, I, I signed on to Brian's original vision for Arena Solutions, which is we're here to help whoever, you know, um, is, is willing and able to bring a team back to Seattle. And, you know, if, that, if, if you know, there was a Bellevue proposal that had gotten, you know, legs, I would have supported that too. But, you know, you know we're... we're you know, six mayors have come and gone, you know, since the Sonics left That's town. And, you know, and, and we still don't have a team yet. And, you know, and, you know, Oakview Group has the legs, they have the juice, and they're, they, they, they're getting it done, and I'm supportive of them. Um, if, if, the, if Hanson was moving down the same track, I'd be supportive of that as well. Oakview's really put on a clinic, Paul. I mean, you just have to look at the results and – in this application for NHL expansion, they're trying to send a message to the league. And at every step, the league has said, the NHL is clearly said, well, we're not certain about whether you get it done. Well, Seattle politics, well, the building stuff's get done. And they've just marched down it and, and never been deterred, never been hesitated, never hesitated. And I think that that's the message the NBA needs to see. The NBA, they, they need to erase doubt about the outcomes. And, and uh, it, it's been just remarkable to watch. I tell you, these guys. They get a lot done. They're exceptionally competent. So, um. Hey, well, this is just a great segue to my next question about the, the competence of the OBG group in getting legislation done. Yesterday, as I mentioned in the introduction, a $700 million privately funded plan led by OBG and the Lewickies was passed by an 8-0 to zero vote by the Seattle City Council. It looks like we're on the path now to getting a key model and having the National Hockey League here. However, there's a, you'd think that, uh, that Seattle sports fans would be universally excited that a, an arena remodel plan got through yesterday. But there's a lot of mixed feelings. A lot of NBA fans feel pretty strongly that Chris Hansen 
Chris Hansen's Soto plan wasn't fairly considered. There's also a feeling among many basketball fans that Key Arena, the NBA may not be crazy about a remodeled Key Arena. I asked this, this similar question to some other guest guys. Would you guys feel that yesterday was kind of a mixed bag, the 8-0 to vote? Very positive news for NHL fans, but more of a mixed bag for NBA fans. You go first, Brian, then Dean. Look, if, if you want to base the success of anything based on the reaction on Twitter, then, then nothing's a success. <laughs> 50% of the people are going to hate anything you, you do. That uh, it was a huge win, an, an absolute huge win, 8 to nothing, unanimous. And uh, I understand people's doubts. I understand that people have gotten information that, that makes them concerned about this. And I understand that, that being deferential to hockey is hard for Sonics fans to swallow because we've been grinding this for a long time. But uh, it's, up to, it's up to us and me and, and all the other supporters in the Oakview group to prove people wrong. And, and it's going to be a process, but I think what people are going to see is that this, this group is going to deliver the NHL in very short order. They are going to be aggressive and assertive in pursuing the NBA. And when they see that, and when they see it come to life behind David Bonderman, who's an NBA Board of Governors member who, who tried to, owns a part of the Celtics and tried to buy the Warriors, uh, people will be happy with the end outcome. I have a lot of confidence in that. What, what do you think, Dean? Good, great news for NHL fans? Maybe a more of a mixed bag for basketball fans? Brian just gave an interesting answer. Anything more to add? I mean, I think that anybody that thinks it's a mixed bag is, is very short-sighted. Okay. It was yeah. a great deal. You feel pretty Great good. deal for the city. If you're just tuning in, Paul Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff with uh, the great Daniel Bellis as my engineer, with Dean Nielsen and Brian Robinson as my, my two guests, two old friends that have a lot of insights and knowledge on the local political scene and arena same issues. So yesterday, i, I got to ask you guys about this. I know I definitely got a reaction on Twitter and Facebook, but it, it's, it's news. It's legitimate news. One of the city council members, Deborah Juarez, made comments yesterday. I'm paraphrasing. She saluted the Seattle Storm, and she also said that Seattle NBA fans need to get over the Sox departure in 2008. There was some, like, laughing in the background. Um, did, did Two questions for you guys. Did, did, did Councilmember Juarez just throw a stinker at a positive arena development yesterday? And did Council Juarez validate some of the suspicions that many NBA fans have in Seattle that most of the city government people, including the city council members, are just not really big basketball NBA fans. Go first, Dean. She probably isn't a big NBA fan. So what? She she voted, you know? I she mean, did vote for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's all I care about when I'm pushing an issue. I, you know, I got the vote, and I got the outcome I wanted, and I'm, I'm thrilled. So you think some NBA fans... That have been on the the Twitter. I mean, look, you know, it's it's you know, am I thrilled thrilled with everything the city you know council funds as part of my tax base? No, but you know, at the end of the day, you, you think know, it's just rhetoric, basically. Right. I mean, okay. who cares? What do you think, Brian? Does that did that raise a dent at all? That throw like a little, little it, damage. It, it was it. a throwaway comment that was unnecessary and inappropriate. Uh, she makes a lot of those. Uh, Councilmember Juarez deserves a lot more credit than just voting for it. She drove this process. She was fantastic as a leader uh, of the political process. Uh, and her commentary has been really disappointing. Uh, I would tell her, I told her today and would tell her again that I think it is tremendously inappropriate for an elected official to ever tell any member of the constituency to get over their concerns. That's not really her job. But you know what? That's all irrelevant. Yesterday, the political process is done. 
You so we don't have to worry about we don't have to worry about council members' commentary anymore. I, I think we as sports fans need to move on and start thinking. We need to worry about commentary from Adam Silver. That's the guy who matters. Well, you guys gave you guys gave a very instructive answers. All right, one thing that's come up on the whole Key Arena issue is, was that that funny? I, I, I thought you guys gave good, gave good answers. One thing that's come up a lot, guys, is a lot of people are have concerns about the traffic situation at the Seattle Center. The Lewickies, I believe, were talking about getting people to, by drones to Key Arena, and some people thought that was sort of Jetsons-like and kind of shut it down. I'm reading that light rail may not emerge near the Seattle Center until the year 2035. Brian, you go first, then, then Dean. Getting people to Key Arena is going to be a big hassle? Not really. Not, I mean, not any more than any other place in the city. Coming down here to Rainier Avenue is horrendous, and getting to Soto from Shoreline is horrendous. Uh, people are going to have a choice. So they, can eat, they can take the train to Westlake and, uh, and walk down or take an Uber. But um, the tunnel is going to change things a lot. There are no simple or easy answers for traffic. There are also nothing in the city is being built for people who want to drive in and commute from, from Tuckwilla anymore. Uh, when it comes to transit, uh, it's unfortunate that people are going to have to learn to adjust, but they're going to have to. The, the Seattle Center is the fourth, I think, lar- most visited tourist attraction in, in the nation, I read. 12 million people that. a year or something like that. There, there are really well, significant statistics. And uh, I think parking is going to be harder than traffic. But uh, they're just going to have to chip away at it. And the idea that one site has traffic problems and the other is free of traffic problems is a fallacy. Our entire region has major traffic problems. Um, and so it does have more fine. light rail and hard rail and, and bus access and so forth. And it's all, it, the, the Soto Station is also nine-tenths of a mile from uh, from. The idea that Sonics fans are, are, you know, are leading the charge against the key arena site because of, um, be, you know, because of these traffic considerations, I find just, you know, absurd. And, and, and that's true. You, you don't know? think the traffic will be a big deal when key arena's finished in 2020? Of course it's going to be a big deal, but I agree with Brian. It's just like, it, it's terrible to get anywhere in Seattle. I mean, you know, I mean, you know. We, you know, I, I don't know of anybody that is like, God, I had such a great commute today. I mean, you know, it, <laughs> it's, just, it's absurd. So, you know, like, look, they're going to have a light rail solution there. It's going to take a while. But, you know, we also don't have a team today. So by the time we have a team, by the time the facility is built, you know, it, uh, you know, we'll be well on our way to, to solving it. And that's also assuming that that timeline doesn't get shortened by, you know, um, you know, Senator Murray getting some transit grants, et cetera. So there, there's other ways to cut this. I want to add to something Dean just yeah. said, too. Dean just said that the idea that Sonics fans are leading the charge is absurd. People ask why I stepped away from some of those constituencies and some of that movement. I grew up here. I grew up going to Seattle Center. I played in the fountain when I was a kid. My kids played in the fountain. I love Seattle Center. And, and the idea of being anti-Seattle Center and of being opposed and somehow arguing that Seattle Center will not work for things uh, really bothered me. It bothered me. It was something that I felt that I couldn't be a part of because I, I love that place. And every sunny day, I was there today, and it's fantastic. Lots of people go there, and lots of people will continue to go I, there. I will say this real quickly. I, I think you guys are a little more optimistic about the traffic situation, getting a future NHL and, and possible NBA games and some others. But you guys have good insights. Uh, real quickly, some are questioning whether the key arena deal is really all private. Uh, there's been some reporting that there's some property tax benefits that OVG will benefit from, plus some parking revenues. One city council member proposed an OVG chip and more to cover costs 
and dislocated businesses. Uh, first of all, Brian, then Dean, is OVG chipping in enough for this project? Hell yeah. This is the best deal that anybody has ever offered a, cons- a city ever. It, it's a model for the way things can go in the future. But it, OVG is getting something back out of it. They're not just giving $700 million for free. And sure. it's going to be more than that in the end. Uh, they are gaining some rights to, to use Seattle Center um, for marketing and generate revenue. And they are getting some tax credits. And they are getting some breaks. That's the beauty of this deal. That they were able to manufacture something out of an existing asset. And, and what Dean talked about with Key Arena being an albatross, Seattle Center being an albatross, they took that big piece of property and they converted an albatross into an asset and then OVG paid them for it. Uh, so, uh, well, I'm not saying it's a bad uh, yeah, deal. No, it just I, came I, up with some circles. I those, maybe it's those, not a good deal. Yeah, I am. Again, like I'm happy to have a, a reasonable debate, and I don't think that is a reasonable. What debate. What do you think? Good deal, though. Well, OBG, I mean, deal. you know, you know, we just had a vote at King County Council two weeks ago on the on the Mariners' um, proposal uh, for their lease extension and the tax revenues that were you know go associated with that. I mean, I and, and you compare all of the tax money that has gone into Safeco Field versus versus this deal is just no question it, that this is a superior deal. Um, and you know, like, look—if you look at the history of, of of stadium debates, you know, nationally, but but in, even in Seattle, I mean, we're we're in the Rainier Valley right now, um, six stadium. You know, I mean, that that was a a terrible bungled deal, you know, by by the city of Seattle. And you just kind of look There's at a great book on that. The, the various proposals that have come through, you know, city governments and county governments and state governments are, you know, are are not the best vehicle for getting you know, deals on stadiums, mainly because, you know, I learned something in business a long time ago. It's it's stay in your lane, right? Stay with what you're good at. And this is something totally out of their purview that comes along once every 10, 20, 30 years, and they're just not very good at it. Paul Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with Brian Robinson and Dean Nielsen. I think we have less than two minutes. I'm going to try to get two more questions in. First of all, the 5-4 to four vote passed by the King County Council. Real quickly, Brian and Dean, was that a good deal, the $135 million deal for on Safeco Field? Yes great. or no? Good deal? It was a great deal for the Mariners. What do you think, Dean? Yeah, um, agree with Brian. Uh, it, it was moving in the right direction. I think they could have moved a, a bit further. Okay. Real quickly, our, um, I see here that... CenturyLink Field, the Seahawks lease, expires in 2028. Real quickly, Brian and Dean, are you guys confident that we won't have any problems in the whole CenturyLink situation? If I was the Seahawks, I would want the same deal the Mariners got. (laughs) Brian? Yeah, I mean, I don't look that far out. I I think we've got to be kind of realistic about what we look at. But, but, uh, you know, in regards to the Mariners deal, I think it was also a good deal for the fans because the fans, as much as I, I worry about the public investment, we're tired of this debate, and I'm so glad that at least it's done and we don't have to immediately transition from worrying about Key Arena to going and fighting a new battle for funding of the Mariners. I'm glad they didn't threaten to leave, which I really appreciated. We're about done, Brian. Sorry to cut you off. We're about done. Dean Nielsen, Brian Robinson, great to have you guys on. Learned a lot from you guys today. I think the listeners did as well.